Welcome to The Tab, hosted by LSB Studios. In this episode, we caught up with Ross Silcox. Ross is a Bristol-born filmmaker, photographer and entrepreneur. His work is associated with high energy, fast cuts and plenty of breathtaking aerial visuals. He's been commissioned around the world while being the founder of production agency Entirety Labs. With such a busy schedule, he took the time out to join us for a chat. Hope you enjoy the podcast. So anybody who doesn't know Ross Silcox out there, how would you break it down? How would you break down Ross Silcox? Um, I guess I'm extremely eccentric. Um, I'm like quite highly driven. Um, don't know where I get it from. Maybe my dad. Um, <laughs> I'm quite weird, I guess. Um, wear whatever I want, kind of... Um, do whatever I want. One of the mottos of entirety back in the day was treat life like the playground it's supposed to be. So, you know, it is a playground in a sense and I don't know, I don't want to lose my child, my inner child. Mm. So, yeah, it's just a big playground really. Oh, fair. Absolutely fair. So, had that having been said, would you say that the playful side comes out in your work? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I've always had a lot of energy and that's still that's still there in uh in all of my work really. I put, like try and put energy into everything. Even if it's like the slower stuff, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um it's gotta leave people kind of excited. I don't leave anyone down there or I haven't yet. With everyone's along for the ride so, type yeah. thing, yeah, everyone's coming on the yeah. ship. The films are fast, most of them. I just love creating an atmosphere through it all whether we're doing a festival film or a big like nightclub show or something like we did today we did the hackney half for virgin today um i had a team just running around constantly all day really some of our edits are quite transition heavy so we yeah. go quite wild on those mm. and um that's what today was about we were just swinging the cameras around everywhere i had a board sponsored mit for this weekend like an electric board so i was thinking how am i going to keep up with these marathon runners <laughs> so um yeah, I had this electric board sponsored and um, one of my other guys had roller skates on that you slip on and off boots. And everyone's you can go backwards, mobile. So. <laughs> everyone's <laughs> mobile. Everyone's getting that. wild, wild sort of creative shots. So, yeah, that's what it's all about for us. So you, the movement and these wild cuts and the childhood, like what ties all these? Um, Where does the fast pace, is it anything to do with your character? Or I don't know, where, do, where does it come from, all this kind of fast pace action, these quick cuts? All these bits. Um, I just don't stop. I just have never been able or never been good at just stopping and taking a break. And it's it just comes across in the films that are create on the whole, like most of them anyway. It's just this, I just need this like, I don't know. Videos, you know, videos channel, a, a certain help people channel a yeah. lot of things like music does for other people. And for me, it's just getting this energy out, I guess. Oh, like a yeah, release, yeah. trying yeah, to get yeah. it out from the head yeah. onto, yeah, the medium, I guess. Absolutely. It? Where do you look for that like, inspiration? Do you look for certain elements and like factor that into your, into your work, or is it places inspire me? It's kind of weird. I do watch a lot of Vimeo videos, so I'd say like you know staff picks, but um, I think we all watch those. I don't know if you're a filmmaker, it's yeah, kind of yeah. like where you 
should go to help inspire you and i see some stuff that then there that just really sticks with me even if it's a like a cartoon say and i i don't do cartoons you know it might fire something off um but places are probably the biggest inspiration to me the way people dress and because i do a we kind of do although we do event films we try and plug in narratives um to a to a sense as much as it will kind of allow sometimes um but i really take note on those festival fields or those events of what people are wearing and have i kind of like seen that before somewhere on someone in you know asia or something like that and that might remind me of something i might go over there straight away um what kind M- of um, mu- music as well? But go on. <laughs> Let's throw that in. <laughs> music, music, obviously. I can't. Yeah. yeah. So when when you're at a festival, what's some of the stuff that you've you've kind of seen where you thought I've seen this in? What do you mean at a festival? If it's um inspired me. Yeah. So you've got like a like a narrative that you kind of thought for that will fit this festival. Iceland. Iceland. Yeah. In the first year we filmed Secret Solstice Festival in Iceland, which was like 2015, a guy came out on the stage dressed um, as a, well, he was, sorry, he was a shaman. So he was dressed in this cloak, this huge, like, Actual brown, shaman. Actual cloak, shaman. Yeah. And he, um, why not? he, yeah. Yeah. he announced the festival and basically, um, I don't blessed it or whatever that shaman does to a festival to bless it. And yeah, the way he was dressed and we caught a soundbite of him um, and it was so good. It opened up the, the narrative was born from his, what he said. So I guess that's a vocal inspiration for mm. us as well. And it completely changed our idea. So we went back on what we were going to do and we used his voice over like these opening shots of like beautiful waterfalls in Iceland, loads of mountains, you know, the vast sort of like escape of it all. And then um, three years later, I finally was allowed to have someone at the intro with this gown on, with this huge brown cloak on. And um, so I guess from three years before, that stuck in my head and and it it stayed with me. And I had to do that thing. What's your what's your kind of process? When something sticks in your head, are you like type to like do you storyboard it out or do you write it down or do you just stay in there until the moment when you can just put it back out again? Um, I I think about stuff now a lot more before shoots than I ever did before. When I was twenty one, twenty two, it was like all in the moment, yeah, really. Mm. And I was too interested in other stuff, like you know, partying and whatever but now I've actually got time to sit down and think and know how important and how good jobs can be yeah. or how good work can be in if you just put that extra time in um, we just did a game show for Eastern Electrics we set up like an entire game show in a studio in um, in central London and we had um, Sean Williams which is Barry from EastEnders <laughs> yeah. as a presenter yeah. and Still about. tell you what that guy is the most professional person I have ever worked with in my entire life. Really? Really? Okay. Yeah. He was just phenomenal that day and he helped just drive that shoot along. It it was a fun, it was obviously, I, you know, entirely did it. So it was a fun, fast paced day and it was planned out that way. But he just drove, helped just drive it to a really positive place at the end that it needed to get to and unleash all of the DJs' characters and everything else. They just loved him there. So yeah, it was it was a so shout out Baza, thanks man, and um, you know you didn't deserve to be pushed off that fucking cliff. 
Buzzer, pushed off a cliff. Isn't that that's what his wife did in the that in the EastEnders? That's how he died, wasn't it? I don't know. I can't remember. I'm trying to remember. That's what I got told on the day. I don't really watch EastEnders, but I'm like... just saying he, you know, he didn't deserve that. <laughs> he didn't shit. deserve it. Right. Okay. So being a creative and starting to get some recognition for your work and your style of edits and stuff like that. How did you translate that into a business? And like, what do people not tell you? Like, what is there starting this up and then generating an income from it? What have you kind of picked up along the way? It's it's weird. It's all kind of just happened. Okay. That's how I personally feel about it. I've just learned along the way and I've just put that into like practice. And Two feet first into the... Yeah, yeah. man. Like yeah. I had no idea I would be doing this shit. And it's it's, ama- it's amazing it's gone this way. But um, yeah, like back in the day, what left uni at 21 kind of wanted to do documentaries okay. i did my dissertation on um documenting danger so it was about um filmmakers that have gone into places um wars you know places like that that have a cold um antarctica yeah, i ended yeah, up yeah. interviewing on the phone one of the producers of blue planet and mm. i spoke to a guy that's hung out of a helicopter with a machine gun um, oh, filming a guy stuff. like <laughs> mow people down yeah, yeah. so yeah and then that that made me want to because I I did my dissertation because then I could show the documentary world at the end kind of like what I was interested in I guess but I just started taking outside opportunities at uni um, doing films for like 50 quid for bands and stuff and that led to tours with bands and then that led to festivals seeing the tour videos because we'd hit festivals with the band yeah, on the yeah, tour. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Then they would say, can you come and do a highlights film? So I'd go and just rock around the festival on my own, maybe bring a mate and just shoot, um, you know, just shoot the after movie. A brief was like given to me the day before, probably. And, um, you know, you just had to go and do it. But I always just ended up nailing it. I don't know what I was doing, but I was just doing it. That's what I mean. So that like, energy, yeah, that's happening. it. Bringing that yeah. fast pace, kind of like, oh, think quickly on your feet. Like, yeah. Okay. And through the time, through that, I think I I did 21, maybe 22 festivals in a year. One In like, I don't know, 2014 or something like that. Um, it was just like, it was just a really like nuts time. And doing that many festivals and that many festival edits and, delivering different little videos for artists you might have filmed and met and been like, yo, that show you just did was so sick. I want to, I can make a small little video out of that for you, for example. Um, that much practice, like that quickly over that many, you know, years mm. of doing it, like a three year gap after leaving uni, just got really fast at editing. Yeah. And was it just you doing everything? Mm, pretty much, yeah. I'd call in, well, I'd call in different friends to come and do the, um, the shoots with me. And I had, um, I built up kind of like a core crew of guys that way, I guess. And we were all like best mates. It was me, Sean in particular, um, and a a few others that filmed with me back in the day. And they really helped, they they really, I really realized what it was like them working with a team and with other people and the certain talents that they had. Yeah, yeah. And Mm, they were... Because I, I always say to everyone, we're all products of our environment. So, like, I used to watch loads of weird sci-fi shit and, and, and you know, quite wacky stuff when I was younger. So that comes into my films now. Yeah. But they might have, I don't know, been 
their dad might have been a race car driver and they might have had their camera filming him. So they would have got this completely te- different technique and then they would use that at the festival because that's them and that's yeah. our style. Yeah, so yeah. what I've done along the way is try and find people that have those different unique kind of bits about them and then use them to their full advantage because I know what I can get and I know what say Harry can get and I know what Lawrence can get now mm. and so we all come back with this piece which isn't one dimensional it's like yeah the you know yeah, yeah. yeah no and it's something I wanted to touch on kind of talking about the differences between photography and film because mm-hmm. the crews are different and I think you know photography and film there used to be distant cousins that you'd see every now and again and be like, oh, you're right, how you doing? Yeah. And now... Awkward family dinners. Exactly. Now they're like <laughs> brother and sister almost showing a birthday cake. Yeah. So, <laughs> just in my opinion, Blowing yeah. the candles out. Just blowing the candles out together. Like, okay, here we are. So you seamlessly seem to switch between the two. And how does that affect the relationships on like crews and how you compose the images and your motion and all that kind of stuff? Let's talk about that. Oh, okay. Photography and film. They are, are, it's my Bristolian. I love it. I love it. You can take the kid out of the city, but you can't take those, that farmer language away from the kid, apparently. I thought Cheltenham would have poshed me out. Did you? Yeah, well, it, it, it did some favours. If you watch me, home videos of me when I was 12. Tough brush toothbrush it was just <laughs> it's just when i do these like my mom and dad have this one particular video of me doing a magic show of my sister when we come in the room and we're like five and we're dressed up as magicians and it's like christmas or something like ma i can't no i'm not even doing an impression <laughs> but it's bad an impression of your former self yeah 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 um so photography and film each one is a kind of like its own fit I don't want to say it, but photography, if I get booked for a photography job now in particular, I get so excited. Really? Yeah. I wasn't expecting Because that. I don't yeah. have to carry around a gimbal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Lighter load. I don't have to carry around like, you know, yeah. a monitor yeah. uh, and a handle and cage. Check the cages, like not swinging around all the time. Allen keys. I'm not, you know, I'm not saying photography is easy, but it's, easier yeah lighter lighter it's a lighter yeah. load yeah yeah you know you still have to be in the right place at the right time and all that but yeah, yeah, yeah. i personally you know you get a good snap it's kind of in that zone in a studio you can do whatever you want and when you're on the street styling your own stuff you can do whatever you want and you might be really stoked with that shot but at festivals i don't know i get way more out of getting a slow-mo shot of some guy like you know leaping off of something mm. or yeah. the energy from the crowd in a final piece rather than just you know doing an album of photography basically yeah no fair enough um so i suppose is that different the kind of the different mediums keeps it fresh yeah. for you being able to yeah. uh, switch between the two but the art of photography is incredible and there are some amazing photographers that do some wild stuff still that is fresh at festivals like ben gibson for example rock photographer just mm. adore his work and there's a guy called adam in america i can't remember his second name who's released a book of all of the shots that he's done and i can flick through that thing time and time again but i get off on film and that's where i want to like place you know the core of entirety i guess that's why we're just you know i would say we're a video more of a video production agency you yeah, know yeah, than yeah. a yeah, photography yeah. but cinemagraphs 
now. I've been doing them for a year. I haven't shown any. I've never put any cinemagraphs online, but I've been doing them. I love the art of it. Just the stillness, the calmness, mm. and yet that that bit particular bit just <laughs> that which draws you right in, and you're like, "Fuck, is yeah. that moving?" Yeah. That that's a big thing for me at the moment. And do you know what? I don't know if cinemagraphs at the moment haven't they've come about, but they haven't really made their place in the the world of social media yet. Mm. Um. But I'm waiting. For, I'm 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 waiting for when yeah. they do. By the way, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. yeah. um, but I think they're they're sick. Like I can yeah. look at them for ages. I appreciate that. It's like proper art. Yeah. Well, you can see them fitting in like you know all these different like screens now. That's like the advertising, isn't it? You've, like walking down the subway. Yeah. Where you've got someone's like attention. Yeah. For, what five six seconds as they go down the escalator. Yeah. There's a cinegraph or something rolling on there. Whether it's you know some form of advertising campaign. You're going to get an engagement um, that you wouldn't necessarily get if it was a still or if it was yeah you know, longer than a few seconds. Yeah. So with um, so with being Ross Silcox, the filmmaker, and Entirety Labs, the founder of the production agency, are they? Would you say you're the fit more into Entirety Labs? Or are you a separate artist and Entirety is the company? At the moment, I'm like, I'm like 95% Entirety Labs. Mm. Um, I genuinely just don't have time. The way I'm driving the business, I don't have time to kind of like do my own thing. Yeah. Um, but you've just, you know, straight away highlighted probably one of my, my, one of my um, personal problems is if I continue doing this company, and driving it where I'm doing and I can't see myself like you know really slowing down um how am I going to find out who I am as an artist because you know I can I can make videos but I can keep doing them for clients and you know other yeah. people but where does the Ross Silcox fit into this whole thing mm. and I've been asking myself that question for like probably a year or two mm. not to the point where it's stressing me out or I'm like who am I as an artist man um, but I'm really inquisitive. Yeah. I'm really quite interested in seeing where it could go or who that is. Yeah. Uh, what is that compromise when you get a brief in trying to install Ross into that brief? <laughs> How does that? Is so you, you could, you could, you can say that, that, Okay, so I might be 95% entirely yeah. and I'm like 5% Russell Cox or whatever, but the two actually like obviously completely entwine. So the business is essentially like what I am as well. It, so is me as an artist actually entirely lapse? So is there even another alias there? Yeah, that's my name, but that's just my given name, right? Mm. Yeah. So would you say, so are you then... So 95% entirety labs, is that your kind of, all of your... I love how we've just gone with this number now, but yeah. This is it. I think, is that is that like a, a night, like, all of the work that entirety labs is producing, is that everything, like, all of your creative kind of, like, itches and sort of needs, is that all being facilitated in entirety, or is there stuff that you want to do outside? Good question. So we went back to documentaries. If, if we go back to what I said about documentaries at uni... Um, that burning desire to make a documentary, for example, is it? <laughs> it is there, but I don't have like a context at the moment that I really want to dive into. You know, I love the world, and you know, um, 
my eating habits have, have vastly improved, but there's nothing that I necessarily want to target at the moment. I just want to make like, I don't know. I just want to make the, the, if a job comes, if that brief comes in, if it doesn't come under in any way, like cool shit, yeah. then I'm not doing it <laughs> because if it's cool shit it like ignites me yeah. and it gives my breath like my brain just goes right you know yeah let's do this let's like make this cool let's make this great mm. corporate stuff doesn't do it for me if if I'm gonna do if we're gonna do a job um it, if it doesn't come under like cool shit yeah then um like we ain't doing it <laughs> Basically. something you put out on your uh when they sort of get the initial email through it's like does this fall under i decide <laughs> i i think after like a creative phone call and then a few emails i kind of decide where it's going and then it can either be like a go or, or you know i'll pass it on to like someone that would love to it's mm-hmm. like why i don't i choose not to do wedding films sure. for example um just because it's you know it might be a good money maker but i just i don't want to spend my time sort of doing that it's not the love thing's great i love love obviously but i don't you know it's not something i want to go and mm. shoot yeah i yeah. don't want it to evolve i want it to be special when i'm going to a wedding yeah you know um we work with a company called three shades as well who are like awesome to these three guys um they're called three shades one of them's like black one of them's white and one of them is a little bit in between called sim yeah. and they're just like the most amazing three jokers but they they're starting to produce some really nice stuff mm. um so yeah we like collaboration here at entirely labs we have spoken about the mediums and we've spoken about your transition from videography and photography and your love of the two. We haven't spoke about our current climate and social media and how this impacts what stuff we're producing today. How do you feel about where we are and the films that you're making and the audience they reach? I think that I need a social media manager and I think that if anyone wants to take that job up, <laughs> just like email me your CVs because then I might find out. Hello, um, that we kind of, yeah, we just create the films and then sort of like, you know, I don't, I don't know. Enough, I don't eh? think. Um, but I, I always think that if we did have, if that base was covered, yeah, I guess, then... Mm-hmm. Um, that would be it would be good our films would be seen a lot more yeah yeah we tend to just let them go out um but again it's it's another fault like entire like it's not perfect yeah, um the i've spent a lot of time on the internal systems and everything else because that's so important it's i found out after running the company for like three years it was like just making all these films but there's the business side underlying the shit mm. is like mental yeah. and f- for someone that wasn't taught it in school um it's not it wasn't on the education system when i was younger to do like business you had to pick to to choose to do it everyone like you know everyone should should do that stuff to understand both sides of it it's just um it's pretty crazy how much shit i got taught at school which just doesn't matter not relevant to the not relevant or the creative yeah i i had to learn this all of this business stuff myself and it's been hard yeah i was just gonna say have there been any tough lessons that you've had to learn yeah yeah, I've lost a lot of mates through through it um, by making business decisions that, you know, it, it's just, uh, you should just be taught this sort of stuff, I guess. Mm. Um, and it's hard to learn. Yeah, of course. But 
you've got to learn from it and if you do learn from it and you come out the other side you can be really proud of yourself and you can you know say yeah that perhaps in a few you might you might not think a decision's right then and there yeah. but like a few years down the line you can see exactly why you did it and you didn't know at the time why you made that decision i go with my gut all the time mm. and sometimes it leads me down most of the time it leads me down great paths like yeah. really good paths but you know there's those times where it's hard in the beginning but you always look you can you can look back and be like that was for that's for this reason mm. um and that's across the board on like loads of stuff whether it comes to like working relationships or things with clients you know yeah different people you might bring on jobs and what have you so this was something that you were like managing all completely on your own so you were starting a an agency you were filming you were writing the you know the the brief or not the briefs you were writing the the um storyboards yeah. Yeah. hiring the team managing the team traveling do you sleep um one of Vintari's old mottos was never sleep and I thought that was a good motto but um nah now it's always nap <laughs> cat um, naps yeah yeah having to manage this all myself is difficult I've had help along the years of course and I'm so thankful for everyone that's like worked with me or for like for entirety whether they've been an employee or you know to travel and yeah all of these places are amazing but to do that back to back to back sometimes um we've just done a week in france um filming snowboarding and ski stuff and events out in the alps we were i work for a ski agency called wastelander we events and they've just done some of the most amazing stuff i've seen with the alps like ever yeah. to take the the production to this to that scale mm. in the middle of one of those like towns in france it's like nuts and then we came home from that had a had like 48 hours and then we were on a plane to malta so oh. i've just moved in house at the moment so i had to switch um all of my snowboard stuff and ski stuff with summer clothes and summer stuff There's out of like go, boxes go, and go bags. stuff again isn't it yeah, yeah it is and it's just like timing fell like that i could do nothing about it it was genuinely just like life you know um so i mean i'm not gonna not go to malta that was the only <laughs> thing i could have not done but like i ain't gonna not do that so um but both those jobs like you know they were amazing and it's just to i have the teams back now at, just to have my 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 guys covering all bases and you know producers out with me on shoots and um producers are so important by the way um they all look after me as much as i look after them and it's just yeah. like a really nice yeah you know and that's where such a having such a good core crew yeah. really really matters have you had any personal rewards or highlights since you've picked up the camera and started making these kind of films and documenting things and this commercial stuff like is there any highlights that you think like wow okay cool yeah this is this is the stuff the the reading 2017 film is props one of my like favorite favorite productions we've done i mean it's it's a it's a big festival and it's it's i found out it's reading for a reason i completely got what it was and it wasn't the some people can talk about 17 year olds rolling around you know and on people's tents and stuff and whatever else i'm sure there are stories there are stories at every festival like you know kind of like that but um i'm sure there's been some bad shit that's happened there but <laughs> the actual the vibe and the difference in in people and ages uh it's just amazing you get because i think you know it comes from the lineup like it is it's kind of it is always a bit risk risk risque yeah. mm. 
and you do get you get hardcore fans from all different kind of like places that have been there for ages so to film all of that and those different types of people the video really like came together so you had the screaming youth but then you also had like these like you know middle-aged rockers for example yeah that juxtaposition Mm. yeah and it's just it just really made it you had younger we had some younger i think kids and stuff in it as Mm. well it's just it was just um yeah it was just a good one um the other one that comes to mind is um Secret Solstice in Iceland, we did one thing led to another and I ended up having full reign on doing whatever I wanted to do. And the directors of the festival knew knew nothing about what we were going to create. Basically, the idea, the concept for the Iceland um, Secret Solstice film came from an old uh, myth that me and Harry researched and we were bouncing ideas off each other in the the studio one day. And we were like, "What? we've got full reign, what are we going to do? And then we read up about this, this thing which shamans or like old um ancestor people in iceland i don't know what they're called they made this mead basically in these yeah. like log cabin things and it was they when they drank it it was supposed to give them the power of like spoken word and consciousness or something mm-hmm. so Ooh. it was like it's like yeah it was like i don't know i'm not saying it was old school rap but you know <laughs> it was like they it gave them some some power that's as much as i remember right now because we had full reign i was just like i want guy riding a horse that looks like this shaman yeah ended up looking like a jedi riding through the icelandic tundra slow-mo slow-mo on a drone like everything um and i want him riding yeah through the icelandic tundra at the intro of this film and my producer's just like was straight away like no (laughs) not gonna happen doing the producer thing yeah um (laughs) But then I expressed how serious I was and um, we ended up making it all happen over there. And the weather was awful um, for that for, for that particular festival. And then we stayed a few extra days just to kind of try and get the shot. And then the day we were just going to do it before we flew home, I don't know what happened, but a circle in the sky just opened up. I'm not even fucking around. And the sun was just like beaming through it. And light. we just got to the stables and it had been raining on the way with, you know, window wipers going, all that shit. And I was like, for f- you know, I re- <laughs> we've, we've really want to do this. Got out on the horse and this hole opened in the sky. And we filmed like the most amazing scene it looked like Lord, some of it looked like lord of the rings yeah and the way we shot it above on the drone was just epic mm. epic and um yeah it really made the start of that film it gave it like a real kick and it was exactly what we set out well, to like do everyone this is mind. what i was talking about this is the shot i yeah. saw in my head essentially <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and i wanted to mix it in with the city and we've got this crazy shot drone shot top down of an intersection on a road with one car kind of going um, through some traffic lights and I match up in the edit I match up the car with the horse and so you zoom down on the on the car and it turns into the horse it's just like it's one of those cuts you know mm. but it just works perfectly and yeah I, I just absolutely love that intro of that mm. film because it was just such a crazy risky thing to do without them knowing anything and then they lo- then they, they loved it so that's what happens, clients, when you put trust in entirety. <laughs> Ross, Silcox. You get horse Jedi's riding horses. So what? Um, so like you mentioned that you've uh, had to make some like sort of personal lifestyle changes, like with your diet and stuff. What else have you had to had to adjust with the fast, high paced lifestyle? 
Um, so the fast-paced lifestyle was only good for... It wasn't sustainable. Um, everything in moderation always, mm. but good sometimes advice. not always. And it... Well, definitely certain things in moderation, but the the, the work... I just couldn't, I just couldn't stop. Um, it has always just, this. as I was saying, this drive is just, I don't know where it's come from, but it just forces me just to be on it all the time. Yeah. And I can't switch my brain off. It's just, that's just how my brain works, I guess. And I'm, I fire up at 11 o'clock at night sometimes. Yeah, it's quite synonymous with a lot of creatives, isn't it? And yeah. You can't control when the ideas come in, they just are there and you yeah. have to harness it. Yeah, and they come at the craziest times. Um and it it became too much to kind of handle i guess and mm. i burnt out um and i know a lot of people have burnout it's getting more and more common yeah it's yeah. like a pretty a, a pretty ridiculous rate um what did it look like when it started that initial burnout were, yeah. you, were you like just other people who relate and stuff like were you kind of like oh i'm getting tired a lot or what was the initial what was the, what was the beginning of that period the the i remember that i remember the point i completely lost the plot um it was in the car my producer was on the phone to me and um i obviously wasn't in a very good mental state after especially it was after a big summer um and i just just remember being on the phone and just like not hearing a sort of voice anymore and i was driving as well and um, I kind of just had to get off the phone and then I drove home with no music on in the car but it was almost like I couldn't hear anything anymore mm. so vivid of that yeah it was like that was yeah, the moment okay. yeah that was it 100% where my brain stopped working and then after that I went back to my girlfriend at the time's flat and um, stayed there for like three weeks probably I didn't move I couldn't I couldn't move mm. um, didn't have I. it was like it was almost like it was um a panic attack that just lasted for like ages. Okay. So I went to, I went to saw a therapist um, to kind of get me out of this hole of anxiety. Cause at that point it was just, it was anxiety. Yeah. yeah. Essentially I've never had, I've never experienced anxiety before. Yeah. Um, what was the feeling of it? It was just feeling of like not knowing what was wrong with me. Yeah. But no, sorry, that was a bit later. This one was just a rushy cyclone of thoughts in my head after this thing happened that particular night where everything was like blank. Yeah. The kind of like from that period onwards, it was just a cyclone of thoughts in my head all the time. And it was like me putting myself down. And it was just conversations in my head, basically. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and that, I remember went to a restaurant one day girlfriend tried to get me out of the house and I couldn't even order from the waiter I literally couldn't look at him I, I kind of really? looked at a menu I didn't want anything to eat I had no ambition for like this or that on the menu yeah. nothing I didn't give off I didn't give a shit yeah. and I couldn't even look I, I if I go into a Sainsbury's or uh anywhere behind a bar for example I high five the person straight away yeah. like usually or do something random like that this I couldn't even look at this guy I can really? kind of remember what no. he looked like. Was this the height of it or was this kind of the beginning? This was a very, that was like, this was, mm, that was probably two months in, maybe a month, probably two months in of just like, yeah, feeling yeah, really hey. like down. Um, th that period that when I saw a therapist, she described it as 
when I was like 21, I kind of took off and started flapping my wings and, you know, I was a happy bird going along. And then I started to soar and then just going, ascending basically up and up and up and up and up. And I never took a, I never just rested my wings, you know, and just, and just, yeah. um, took a little chill point on a treetop, took, wasn't it? Exactly. I yeah, didn't yeah. stop and look at the view. <laughs> Get those, I did get those sunsets. In. Yeah, right. I did momentarily. I, I I was looking around, being like, "Yo, this is this is <laughs> sick from up here," but I didn't stop. I was ca I carried on flapping, mm. and then that day in the car, like yeah. I, you know, I went, I don't know, I just crash landed face first into the floor. Yeah. It wasn't a slow drop. It was like it felt like. Mm. And when she said that to me after this was like, you know, seven or eight sessions with her, and she didn't speak hardly throughout any of these things, but. That was a point where she kind of just went, okay, this is my sort this of like diamonds. This is where you're at, and this is what's happened to you. So hearing that, I was just hearing that metaphor. I was just like, okay, that yeah. perfectly yeah. kind of like up. explains. And I'm a visual person, so I see this, you know, yeah, exactly. Like eagle, yeah. yeah. Well, what are you not got? an eagle, blue tip man. <laughs> blue tip. Now, nah, Robin, Bristol City. Yeah, come on. All right, fair enough. Yeah. And now is the Robin taking a few more sunsets and? chilling to <laughs> yeah he is now Good. he is now i learned i learned a lot through that period and right now like i would go i'd ha i'd go through it again you got to see the darkness before the light i'm sure, sure you've heard um yeah it was really it was really tough it was just a really tough period that anxiety led to quite clearly depression after that as well because i didn't know what was wrong with me yeah and i just it, it was so unlike me to be like that it made it 10 times worse I couldn't be that fun, excitable person with that drive that I once had. I was just stripped bare. Mm. And then meditation. I, I, I didn't want to... I went to a mindfulness class. Yeah. And I had already started meditation a little bit and, and could, could see what it was kind of like. So I could see the point of it. Yeah. Mm. I couldn't see the effects yet, but I could see the point of it. Okay. And once I went to this class, I've spent like 100 quid 150 quid to go to this mindfulness class and a lot of people in there were had had, had depression i have only had depression for like three months at this up to this point and a lot of them had had it for like six years three years 12 years yeah 20 years they some of them couldn't even remember how long they had it wow. and i was like what like what the fuck yeah and the the whole that everything was about meditation is class and so I came out and just like, and uh, and none, a lot of them hadn't tried meditation yet. They went in there for the first time. They hadn't even really? known what it was about. Okay. So, and that, that astonished me. And I was like, these guys have, it's not like they've been there and they've been trying this thing the whole time. They yeah, paid yeah. quite, you know, a fair bit of money for a day's course on something that they ha haven't tried before because it was like a beginner's kind of like route into it. And I was like, I have to like, after she, this, this woman said what she said, she was from Italy. She was a great doctor. She, um, I put some of her techniques into practice and I, it became clear that this was like, this was definitely a kind of like way out. Yeah. yeah. Um, or yeah. at least I should attempt it. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, I had headspace. So I've been doing guided headspace. I do it all the time, pretty much. Um, I, I do it a third headspace and then the last, sorry, I do it two thirds headspace and the last third I do on my own now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that tool is just, if you're trying to de decorate a room which i've just done yeah. if you don't have the right tools right yeah. you're you can do it you or it will take you six times longer and you just won't do it the right tools way you learn bad habits etc yeah. headspace is the right tool yeah mm. and i'm sure there's other apps that are out there that are great but and was that the light out because it's good 
I think for people to understand that the process, so the beginning, what it felt like, the middle, the height of it, and then how you came out of it and got back into the back on the saddle, yeah. started creating again. Um, it was that meditation, right? And that helped you get back the into. Thing is, like, there's, yeah. there's nothing more scary than like the four walls of your own head. Nobody else can understand it apart from the individual. Yeah, it needs to be spoken about more and have a better understanding of it. Yeah, which is what I'm doing. Did, yeah, you know, for sure. So, yes, meditation was the it was the tool, but you got to use the tool. Yeah, and I used it, and I used it every day. I just spent fifteen. It was ten minutes to begin with, and now it's like about fifteen minutes. I do um, every single day, mm. and fifteen minutes still to give your brain the the re- the space that that 15 minutes it doesn't sound like a lot like you know but in the busy lives that we have yeah we can't do that sh- i can't sit there for an hour and some you yeah, know yeah. And, and do that um not with how many distractions and stuff we've got going on it's just <laughs> like anyone that does that give me some of your secrets because yeah but you can do 10 15 minutes a day like everyone can do that yeah yeah, yeah and yeah, um sure. so that was the starting point and then I was still like I'm not gonna lie it wasn't like a a swift move out once I learned how to like meditate it was still (laughs) like I was still deep and dark during December and I was back seeing my family but went back to Bristol so I just moved to London at that point went back to Bristol had all my family around with me had like three or four days where actually I was waking up and Mm. um I was I was feeling yourself. good yeah and if you want me to go honest and deep i wasn't waking up crying because the pillow was wet some morning like a lot of mornings i'd been crying before i even woke up mm. it was like that kind of sh- you know either yeah there's no other explanation for it really it was yeah. like that you know and then i had spent three days at home really enjoyed it then christmas eve i woke up and i was like like i was even worse than the than than a lot of days in december and i was like what what is Christmas? It's fucking Christmas it's tomorrow, me, man. <laughs> it's Christmas tomorrow, and I'm with my family, and you know, I'm with my girlfriend. And what? What? Yeah, yeah. What's going on? So I went on Google Maps. I opened up my lap. I opened up my laptop. I went on Google Maps. I I closed my eyes and pointed somewhere. I don't know why I did it. It was like a gut thing, I guess. I don't I don't know why I did it. Really, just um, point back, pointed somewhere yeah. that. I'm gonna and my it. finger landed on Antarctica, and I was like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> so I did it again. <laughs> And then it went to the sea somewhere like near Thailand. <laughs> so zoom in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like about, I, I, I just got some flights to an airport called Krabby. I didn't even know what it was. It just sounded funny. I lo- love SpongeBob. Kind of like reminded me of Mr. Krabs. And then um, I, um, I don't know. I've never been to Asia before, and I really wanted to go. So um I was just like, I'm doing it. So I think Christmas Eve, like that, that I, I don't know if it was actually like. I can't remember. It might have been twenty minutes later, but to fly, yeah, for like a week's time. Um, so I changed my environment. So that was the second thing. Mm. Okay. So the first thing was meditation. Second thing was changing your environment. So I had to get out of this. What you were in. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. And whether it was in Bristol or London, it didn't matter. It didn't seem to matter. Mm. That's what I found out on Christmas Eve. Right. So I, um, yeah, I went there for two weeks and I took my camera. But I didn't really, just to take a few photos. Um, And I just wanted to find, my mission once I booked the trip, I wanted to find a place with 
no roads, no bikes, no cars, like no fuel, no pollution, no signal, no, no signal <laughs> exactly. Nothing humans have, have kind of like touched um, too much. I just wanted to be in nature, basically. Yeah, take it back, sure. Yeah. Strip everything back, like, yeah. And I, f- I, found, I found that place, and that place has become something that's in my mind like every single day. Um, I made my way over to an island called Kokradan, and um, didn't even know what it was, but I found a hut there and I stayed in the hut and I, I pretty much spent every day just sat on the beach meditating, um, picking coconuts off trees, roaming through a jungle in right. the middle. Mm. And yeah. that journey and that time taught me. So taking the stimulus down, meditation, stimulus of all the things that can kind of aggravate you out. Yeah. And then that kind of helped bring you to the yeah. place where you are now. Yeah. It allowed, that environment allowed me to create space in my mind. Yeah. So what advice would you give to yourself now, knowing all the things that you do, all the mindful things, all the things, the shoots, everything? What advice would you give with all the information you have now? I think it's it's hard to say because um, you have to learn that stuff yourself. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it, it's just, that's the hard way. Journeys, yeah. It is. Any advice that I'd give myself would be, Just stay true to like who you are and just just can you know just stay real mm. um I don't think there's a period where I've kind of like lot there might have you know the when I've lost that along the way um when I get too comfortable, I've been like too comfortable a few times I'm yeah. like someone that pushes herself out of their box all the time, yeah like cold showers in the morning and stuff um Every time I meet you, we talk about cold showers. You love it, don't yeah, you? Yeah, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Dude, if you can... I hate I hate cold. I hate the cold. I've always hated the cold. Yeah. I mean, I know I filmed snowboarding in winter, but that's because... I don't know. I get cold really easily. Okay, that's fair. what I'm trying to say. All and right. I'm a bit of a pussy, especially back in the day. If my you know my sister and my dad and whatever would be in the pools and in on holiday, if it was too cold to touch, I wouldn't you go in there. in there. No. In there. My sister would be like flapping around like a dolphin and I'd be like... Just cool. stood there being like, <laughs> like shivering in a towel on like a bench. <laughs> so now I've installed a habit, which is cold showers in the morning. Oh, hey. So I go in and I have like a three minute, five minute, 10 minute, whatever hot shower. But the last minute or two, get that cold, like get that, leave it all the way down and just like blast cold. Get, get, head, get your head under it for like a few seconds as well. And if you've, if, if I, I, because I, I hate that, I've pushed myself to do that every morning. If I've stepped that far out of my comfort zone at like nine o'clock in the morning, eight o'clock in the morning, I can do anything in the daytime. Mm. Look at that. It it does get you amped. If I'm like, if I'm going out somewhere, say to a gig or something like that, or a sh- filming a show, I have a cold shower and like I'll I'll You're then ready. go out and I'm right ready. <laughs> but it's it's once I get out, I just sort of like stand there and let just it's almost like i meditate in that moment i spend like a minute just stood there with my body tingling because it's burning hot by the way you get out of the shower and it's like hot because your the oxygen in the blood is flowing around your you know it's such a sick feeling but i i embrace that now whereas before i'd run out put some metal music on and be like yeah let's get dressed and start the day (laughs) now it's like i spend that moment and i'll go downstairs and that's when i meditate after i have the cold shower so it brings me back to like this pure level of calmness and then I'm like, right, like now I'm ready yeah, to go. Ready. Yeah. Okay. And it's it's not in the same tone anymore. It's not 100 miles per hour. It's more like, you know, 20, 20 25. 25. 
20 is plenty. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So um, what's next for Entirety and Ross? Silcox. Um, we're doing a lot of cool work this year. Um, I'm liking the idea of making corporates like a bit cooler. Okay. okay. Um, and that sounds a little bit timid to what I kind of like have planned, I guess. I'm going to like try and really disrupt and like fuck up the game with with making corporate companies uh, actually I you know a lot of the time I think they just maybe I don't know get the wrong teams in or get very like, safe very safe they yeah, play it yeah. safe and I just want to go I want to be like flip take on his head yeah, yeah. Let's t- just flip that on his head and majority of our stuff I mean it wor- it just works by the end of it we rarely yeah. get any complaints or any films back like hardly ever mm. it, I can't really tell you the last time that that happened so We've got a good, um, to call it. If you you put your bets on us, basically, yeah. to like creating some good risky shit, yeah. Um, and that's kind of what I want to do, and just continue thinking out of the box and pushing boundaries. I mm. guess. Have you got any um, like sort of dream clients that you want to aim for? Um, we already hit one, and that was we already hit a dream client, and that was Tomorrowland. Um, to go and take a team to Tomorrowland to go and film that festival something that I've like you Pretty know I watched, production. Yeah. I watched that to 2014 after movie that's the reason we do it after yeah. movies really is because I was so stunned at the Tomorrowland one it just shook something inside me where I was like and I was doing club films at the time so I was like that is like the goal mm. and then we got invited We d- I didn't even have to I didn't pitch for it they invited us over um, through a f- through one of the photographers actually at Secret Solstice um, Vlad an ama- amazing um, photographer and night night style photographer he um he got us in, in with them, and they liked our work. So, yeah, I, th- yeah. I just and just got us out there, which was amazing. Yeah, we're the only like I think UK or maybe production company that they've flown over to do a specific sort of thing for their festival. So yeah, and seeing Sweet. the scale of that place. <laughs> All right, and to round off, like from the first episode, we've got into a bit of a tradition. We're rounding off with three questions. So that is moment, myth, and mention, and that consists of a moment you're proud of. A myth about creativity and a mention, just like something you want to shout out, someone, something you want to shout out on this little platform. Okay. Over to you, sir. All right. So the first one's a myth. Yeah. Moment. Okay. Moment. You can mix up the order yeah, if you want. Well, why not? Scratch that. Why not? My bad. Moment. The first time I ever saw How to Train Your Dragon. Go on. See, uh, well, I mean, that's it. Have you seen the film? No. It's so good. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, all right. <laughs> all right. Done. <laughs> Done. Love that. Anyone wants to, like, come at me on that one? <laughs> Challenge. I mean, yeah. I will take you down with fire. <laughs> and your myth? Um, again, drag... No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so is it, like, a myth I like? It's a myth about, like, sort of the creativity and kind of, like, what you thought it might be to what it actually is the whole thing the whole thing's a myth no one knows what they're doing <laughs> fake it till you make <laughs> it yeah yeah no one, no one, unless you've been in a game like a company for like ages then yeah but like with the freelance world yeah. especially like no one has a clue what they're doing mm. they do but they have like sp- very sp- specific they just ride create creatives. I I think ride on their personalities. 
Mm. Yeah. And they get further perhaps because, you know, they're like, you know, a certain way and they have those, it's like tools again, yeah. like using the right, you, you know, and once you find out what your tools are and how to use and how to use them, your talent, what, once you find out what your talent is and how to use it. Yeah. Like look at, um, Liam Underwood, for example, mm. um, who's uh, sorry this is like my talk now he's like ausler's um american record label he's done his films in, but in a very specific style mm-hmm. and he's now an amazing video director in um, los angeles yeah in america works all over the world does all of skrillex's documentaries and stuff yeah um he's a huge inspiration of mine um and who's the photographer who does loads of shoots of um i was gonna say i was gonna say someone in london <coughs> god i love him what's his name a specific person. Yeah. Newcomb. Oh. Harris Newcomb. Harris Newcomb. Harris Newcomb is, I mean, if you want to talk about style, mm. like shit, man. Yeah, yeah. He did an exhibition at the last, well, recently, didn't he? Yeah. I don't even know the guy. Yeah. But like, I feel like I know him through his work. Mm. That's cool. It's so sick. And then, uh, what about your mention? Do you want to shout anyone out? Yo, at LSB Studios for having me here right now, man. I can't believe this. They've supplied me with so much weed and just, you know, good times, man. And I, oh, God, I love you guys. I went so weird American then. Um, just the people I surround myself with and that I can't share enough time with um, mm. as much as I should because I'm a workaholic. All of my uni guys, yeah, I love you. Can I do my Oscar speech now? I've got it written. Please. <laughs> um, all right, I'll go back to saying, if we surround ourselves with good people and like in a good, in good places, then we, that essentially shapes and molds us, right? Because yeah. that is who we become. Like yeah. all of those places I've been with people for a, a large amount of time, you like have my mention, mm. you know, whether I've lived with you or whatever else. If I've learned something from you, like, thank you so much. Yeah. So my mentions, everyone, really. I can't single them out. Lovely way. Shout out to my dog, Millie. Fucking crusader. You've been ill lately, but you know, hold tight. Hold in there. It's fine. You know, go for a walk or something. Do what you you love doing. Yeah, chase some ducks. (laughs) Chase some ducks. Uh, (laughs) All right. So how how can people find your work? Like online, what's your website? Instagram, are you on there? To find our work, it's entiretylabs.com. Um, yeah, and you can go on there. I've kind of spent a long time making this website. Um, I kind of had this vision myself, and I needed to kind of, like, do it myself, like everything else. So, yeah. Nice. Great. I mean, Ross, thank you for... Thank you so much. ...passing through. No problem. Sharing your thoughts. Thanks for having me, guys. No worries. And if you want to get in contact with us, you have any questions or comments... You can reach us at the tab at lsbstudios.co.uk. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Music was created by Amplifeed and our sound engineering by Ryan White. Thanks for listening.